0: Father, you are a God of faithfulness and without injustice, good and upright. Today we just declare you in our circumstances and in our seasons that you are a God of faithfulness and without injustice. Today we choose to declare that you are good You are upright. In
1: our day, in our time, no matter how we feel on the inside,
0: we choose to declare the truth that you are the God of faithfulness. Good and upright you are. And so Lord, as we sing that you are forever in our lives. Let that be the declaration upon our hearts this evening. That those who are with us online and those who are physically here will leave this place knowing that you are forever in our lives.
1: let <laughs> see. me through, you see me through the season. Oh, yes, I'm covered, cover we cover with your realm. i need me in your realm. Lord, I wait on you and I wait on you. I'll sing, I'll sing to you, Lord. I hear. Hallelujah.
0: will never leave you nor forsake you in the seasons of your life. He is not only the God of the mountains but he's also the God of your low moments the valleys. Now just sing to him one more time a hymn of love knowing that he
1: is the God of all seasons. I'll sing to you Lord I move love for your faithfulness to me. Give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated.
0: Hallelujah. Yes. He is forever in your life. I don't know what season you are in now. Some of us here are running, looking for school fees. Some of us, our marriages are in trouble. Some of us have candidates and P7 results have just come out and you've not yet known how your child has performed. Some of us, you have not had a job in a long while. Some of us, you are barren physically as a woman. You've never given birth. He is the God of all seasons. If you hear nothing else today, live here knowing that he is forever in your life. And when he said he would never leave you, nor forsake you, it doesn't matter whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the belly of the fish like Jonah. Our God will never leave you, nor forsake you. Father, we give you thanks and praise that just this moment, burdens have been lifted. There's been a shift in seasons. Circumstances have changed because you are here. (laughs) When Jonah called out to you from the belly of the fish, the belly vomited him. Doesn't matter how low we are, David says, doesn't matter where I hide, whether it is in the, in the grave, you are there. Whether it is in the mountains, you are there. And Lord, may that truth carry us through this day that you are forever in our lives. And Lord, as we study your daughter, Hannah, may our, our faith be lifted. For faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. May the entrance of your word bring light. O oh Lord, open our eyes and our ears that we may see and hear the wonderful truths in your word. And may this word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths to the praise and glory of your name. May your word be sharper than any double-edged sword. May it divide our bones and our marrows, our spirits and our souls. May it, O oh Lord, judge, the attitudes of our hearts. We pray that, Lord, all Scripture that is God-breathed will today teach, rebuke, correct, and train us in all righteousness that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Guide us in all truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. We should have just remained there. Amen. Changing seasons through prayer and fasting. Our text today is from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 20. Changing seasons through prayer and fasting. I know we're going through a season of fasting. Each one of us is fasting for very many things. And now I pray that today when you live here, you'll be more enlightened and more equipped and have more faith uh, to, to continue in the closet as you pray and seek God. Uh, concerning very many things. We know the story of the uh, birth of Samuel, and we know that there was a man called uh, Elkanah who had two wives. One was Hannah, the other was Penina, and Penina had uh, children, but Hannah had none. Hallelujah. Now, when you pick it from verse 3, the Bible says, year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh where Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife wife Peninnah and all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. So the double portion was for two reasons. One, he loved her. The second portion was because her womb had been closed. But Peninnah received for herself and all our children received. So technically, pen I received more. Are we together? Now, verse 6, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival, turn to your neighbor and say rival, kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And sometimes I feel our seasons are there really to provoke, to irritate us. Do I have a witness? You don't have a real penina, a co-wife or someone who, oh, some of you do have people who behave like peninas in your life. Do, yes? Uh, they remind you how uh, you only give birth to girls and you don't give birth to boys. Uh, they remind you about your circumstances, how you married a lousy husband Oh, you could have married a better wife. You know, you know those peninas. But then you also have periners in your life that are actual circumstances that uh, the devil uses to whisper these things in your life and continually remind you of your situation. Year in, year out, year in, year out. And because verse 7 says, this went on year after year. Meanwhile, perinah is giving birth, but you, you understand. So he had, she had reason to remind her year after year. Turn to your neighbor and say year after year. Yeah. Some of you have been praying about your child who is like a penina in your life whenever you see them they remind you of all the things you did wrong hallelujah year after year whenever penina went to the lord up to the lord the house of the lord now you see penina whereas elkanah went to worship penina herself went to the house of the lord we together she went and every time she went her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat Some of you don't sleep well at night because you're crying over situations that the penina is provoking you until you weep. You've lost appetite. People think you have kwashako or HIV when it's actually that that penina provoking you, not only to irritate you, but she provokes you until you cry and can't eat. Eh? Husband Elkana would say to her, "Hannah, why are you weeping? Why, why don't, why don't you eat?" Are you downhearted, don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Mm-mm, you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. So once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair at the doorstep of the doorpost of the Lord's house. In a deep anguish, Anna prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Turn to your neighbor and say weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only, if you will only, have you ever prayed that prayer? (laughs) Particularly when we're in trouble, that's when we usually pray that prayer. (laughs) Never, never, when you know that you're going to be expelled from school, that's when, Lord, if only you you deliver me from this. But I guess each one of us has prayed that if only prayer. Hmm? If only you will look on your servant's misery and remember me and forget your, and, not, and not forget your servant but give her a son then I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head so as she kept on praying to the Lord Eli observed her mouth now you know there are people who come to observe you how you pray, how you worship that's all they do, they come to observe they're there in church even on Sunday when our, our people are leading praise and worship they're like, you know that guy has a kajanda why is he leading worship like that there are those who are there there was Eli here watching the mouth. Eh? But it, Anna, Anna wasn't bothered one bit. Hallelujah. Anna was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not being heard. And then they presumed that you are drunk. You remember the story of Peter when they were pray, speaking in tongues? People said at 9 a.m. they were drunk. So the drunk uh, philosophy has always been there. People think you are mad to believe in God when your circumstances don't change. Do we have them? I wish, I wish I could speak some of my local dialect. You're mad. Okashara, you're mad. How, how can you still be believing in God at this point, yet your circumstances are not changing? You're drunk. <laughs> no, I'm not drunk. <laughs> she said, how, how? He said, How long? How long? How long are you going to stay drunk? People question your sanity. Put away your wine. Come and I take you to a witch doctor, ETC. Not so, my Lord, Anna replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Your great anguish and grief do not take you away from God. It should draw you to God. So when you choose to pray because of your anguish and your grief, don't withhold it, friends. Let it out. Those who want to understand you will, those who don't want to understand you, it is okay. In any event, you are not praying to them. You know, honorable here, when they were going to see the president, in those days, they would have to, you know, you know. God is not asking you to first put on a specific color or do no. You come just the way you Ah, in your anguish. And you see, the problem is that when we go to pray, sometimes we feel that we should uh, pray in a specific voice and uh, arrange ourselves specifically. No, God is seeing the heart. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked. She said, may your servant find favor in your, in your eyes. Then she went her way, ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Was she pregnant yet? No. No, she wasn't. But when she left the presence of the Lord, there was an exchange that happened. How I pray that today some of you receive that exchange. Ah, Early the next morning, she's not yet pregnant. They arose and worshipped before the Lord. Anna was there worshipping God. And then they went back to their home. At Rama Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered us. So in the course of time, turn to your neighbor and say, in the course of time, in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Because I didn't ask anyone. I asked who? Unlike Rachel, who turned to Jacob and said, give me a son. Hannah <laughs> asked, The Lord. Now, some important things about prayer and fasting. One, prayer is a command. Turn to your neighbor and say, Prayer is a command. Matthew 5, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6 says, And when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray, you don't have a choice. Yeah, and sometimes it takes a mountain for God to get your attention to have a conversation with Him. But when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners and blah, blah, blah. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So God expects us to pray. Second, prayer is not a performance. And let me tell you, I have prayed in all forms and manners. Prayer is not a performance. That's why God asks us to do it privately. Even when you come here, Hannah Hannah was in in a synagogue, uh, in a temple praying, but Eli did not know what she was praying about. It's a private affair. It's a private affair. Hallelujah. It's an intimate occasion. You realize that all the things you do intimately, you do them better when it's in private. Amen. You shower better when you have some privacy. Uh, because if you know people were looking at you, I bet you'd not, you'd not shower as slowly as you usually do. One hour, two hours out there. When we were young, we'd shower from the balcony, but it was usually expeditious. And my would ask if you really showered, but really it's an issue that it wasn't private enough for you to really scrub every area of your body. Prayer isn't what you occasionally do. At 3 a.m., 6 a.m.? No, that's not prayer. Prayer is a lifestyle. With those who are married, when you're with uh, your wife, a man in particular, I think it would be very tough for you to tell your wife, we shall talk every day at 3 p.m. Either don't disturb me. Honorable <laughs> said, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the point. So why are you giving God a program? i tell telling God I talk to you at 6 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, No, prayer is a lifestyle. It's a conversation. You're talking to your friend. It's a a conversation. That's the only way you're going to change seasons. You can't change seasons when you put God on a rotor timetable. I am not sure I want to be invited again, the way people are looking at me. <laughs> it's not, it, is, it is what you do. Luke 18, verse 1 says Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Turn your neighbor and say, Always pray and not give up. Always, always pray. So it's a lifestyle. Whether in the shower, in the toilet, in the car, in the taxi, in bed, going home, kissing your husband, but it it is a lifestyle. You pray. I've seen somebody laughing at me. Yeah, it is a lifestyle. You are in constant communication with God. Because you see, when God has got to be in your seasons, and if he's going to be in your seasons, he must be constantly in communion with you. You can't partially have him in and out. So, as a discipline, communion with God is not an event. It has no expiry date. You better practice talking to God now because I don't know what you're going to do in heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 5:17 says, pray all the time. Another version says, pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Pray consistently. Another, no matter how you feel about a situation you talk to God about it. Whether it is anger, anguish, despair, hopelessness, you get the point. You pray all the time. Hannah used her frustrations and situations to drive her to God, not away from him. Some of us, when we go through tough times, we tell God, "So, just wait a moment. But, but, but he says... I will never leave you no forsake. Why would he tell you I will never leave you no forsake you if he was going to leave you in your hard situations? Why would he tell you that? So no matter how you feel, pray. So if you're going to change your circumstances, pray. Fasting. Again in Matthew 6, 16 to 18, it says when you fast, eh, do not look somber as hypocrites do. Yeah? you know, you may, There are people who fast and you can tell they are fasting. Eh? The way they walk, even the way they change, even they, they bend their head a bit. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. God encourages us to look good, put oil on our heads and wash our faces so that it's not obvious that we are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. Right? So when you fast, it is still a command. God expects us to fast. It is not a performance. Like prayer is not a performance And God of late, I don't know about you, but God of late is challenging me about this thing of fasting. Zechariah 7, 3 to 6. The people of Bethel go to inquire of the Lord whether they should mourn and fast in the fifth month as they have been doing year after year. But this is the word of the Lord. The Lord says in verse 6, in verse 5, Ask all the people, of the land and the priest. When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? Was it for who? Who are you fasting for? Now, this is why I'm having a change of mind on what fasting is all about, because it seems to me that the focus of fasting is not me, it is God. God is asking us, you've been fasting year after year, the 40-day fast, at the beginning of the year. Is it me you have been fasting for? Now, you want to change your circumstances, but it's all about you. And you know that you've tried to change those circumstances and failed. So why is your fasting about you? Why is the fasting about you when you have tried over and over and again to change your circumstances and failed? God is saying are you fasting for me What is the purpose of your fasting Is it for God or for your own selfish interests Lord strike my enemies that's when you fast you're really dealing with your enemies eh? send fire and brimstone upon them What about God <laughs> What about God In verse 8 to 10 of the same ch- uh, of Zechariah 7 And the word of the Lord came against Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. That is fasting. In God's eye, you need to administer justice. You need to show mercy and compassion to one another. You don't oppress the widow, the fatherless, or the foreigner, or the poor. You don't plot evil against one another. So yes, fasting may be about abstaining from food. But it seems to me that fasting is more about what you are doing on a day-to-day basis. Because fasting is denying self of pleasures. So... So if it is fasting against your pleasures, those things you like doing, if eating is one of them, God is really interested about the condition of your heart. Hallelujah. And when you read uh, Isaiah 58, and I know that you've gone through it, God says day after day you seek me out. And then we go to God and say, why have we fasted? Have you not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves? Have you not noticed? Do I have a witness? Sometimes we go to one and say, God, I've fasted over this situation. Yeah. Really, are you listening? Haven't you been seeing me? But yet at the end of the day, what do you do? You do as you please. You exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. That is God. You can't. You can't be fasting and end up quarreling. You can't be fasting and you mistreat your workers. You can't be fasting and you do as you please. God asks us, "Is, is, is this the kind of fast that I have chosen? Only a day for people to harm only. God is annoyed with us that we think fasting is a day. No! It is a daily thing. The, the, the forsaking of food is along the way, but it is a daily thing. You can't, if you're fasting and quarreling at the end of the day, then, then, then you know that is poter, you are under hunger strike, by. What is the kind of fast God has chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. Who, 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 to, 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 to untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. It is, not, is it not to share food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh. Some of us have turned away from our own flesh and blood. And then we spend 40 days praying and fasting. God is not listening to you. You you are there fasting, but you hold somebody in your heart. You have not forgiven them. You have not released them. You still have anger issues. You are not untying the yoke that you put around this person. You're not, you're oppressing them. You're not releasing them. You're not setting them free. And you expect God to hear you. No, he will not. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And God is consistent. In Isaiah, he says it. In Zechariah 9, he says, true, true justice, it true justice show mercy and compassion to one another. So true fasting is really denying ourselves as God says in Matthew 16 and 24 and Luke 9 and 23. If you want to be his disciple, you follow him. You deny yourself daily, you carry your cross. That is fasting. You deny yourself daily. If you have anger issues you you deny yourself the moments and the opportunities to be angry. If your problem is the, is the adultery you deny yourself. You fast that, that is true essence of fasting. Is God is really following your conduct not what you think you are denying yourself. Your conduct You deny yourself. That is true fasting. It is the kind of fasting. It's not just like a day. It's not just for a day. It is a daily thing. Turn to your neighbor and say fasting is a daily thing. So, Hannah, no matter her condition, you might be like, Hannah, your condition is year after year. Year after year. How many of us have had persistent conditions? I have. I don't know. Oh, oh, you guys are doing well. I have. But now I am motivated to determine how I am going to change my ideology of fasting. So that when I fast, I am hard on high. (laughs) Penina was provoking this woman every single day. But nowhere in scripture did Anna respond. Some of you when they attack you are like, okay, Jesus first be here. Let me deal with this one. This one I can handle myself. I will call you after when things become bad. Hannah never opened her voice. It was year after year after year. She never opened her lips not once. She would cry. She would not eat. But where did she go? Where did she go? Don't stop fasting and praying because your situation has been persistent. God asks us to persevere. To persevere. She approached God's throne with confidence. As it says in 1 John 5, 14 15, she knew that we ask anything according to his will, he hears, and if he hears, then whatever we ask, we know that we have, we have received. She approached God's throne with confidence and obtained grace and mercy. She didn't go to ask to get back at Penina. You realize her prayer had nothing to do with Penina. Eh? Her prayer had nothing to do with how Penina made her feel. Did you realize that? Her prayer was, look upon me with mercy. But some of us, when we go to pray, we really outline what the person has done to us, eh? And we do return to sender. <laughs> we do return sender. She, she 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 went and prayed specifically, and she prayed regarding a situation, not the person who made her feel bad about her situation. Can we start praying about the situation, not the people behind the situation that we are going through? Can I say that again? Start praying about your situation. Not about the person behind the situation. Because, you know, the person behind the situation is equally God's child. Yes. You might not like them. Some of you have siblings you don't like. That doesn't change the fact that they're your father's daughters, your father's sons. Someone might know you till tomorrow, but that person is still God's child. Stop praying about them, start praying about the situation. Hallelujah. James 4 verse 3 says, When you ask, you do not receive Because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Hey, why are you asking? Hannah prayed a fantastic prayer. If you give me this boy, I'll give him back to you. Lord, I need financial breakthrough so that my enemies may see that I am rich. Now, that's a difficult one. That's a difficult prayer, right? We need to learn something from Anna. Anna focused back to God. What you give me, I give it back to you. Amen. What you give me, Lord, I give it back to you. And no wonder she left God's presence with an exchange. Yes. Yes. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. She didn't wonder if God had her. Her countenance changed. Verse 18 and 19. Philippians 4:7 says that when verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes human understanding will guard your hearts and minds in the knowledge of that's the exchange in Christ Jesus. So, no matter my situation, because I have in all circumstances not been anxious, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, made my requests made known to God. The peace of of God, which no one can understand, God's my heart and my mind in the knowledge of Christ. That is the exchange. So when she left the presence of God, things had changed. The message version says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Wow. So like Isaiah 6, 3 says, he gives you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Yeah. You see, uh, Hannah the following day was worshiping God. Had her circumstances changed? No. Was she still barren? I don't know. But was she with child? No. But that day she got home. Penna did not know what hit her. She didn't even open her mouth. She, Anna had just received a negative. You see, your circumstances are going to change, not necessarily by the physical manifestation. Your attitude is where the change begins. So if you're praying and fasting, pray and fast fast for your attitude and your heart. That God may give you vision to see things the way he sees them. So, today, as you continue in your prayer and fasting, you we have got to change our attitude and our approach to the way we pray and fast and understand from Hannah's perspective that it is about the situation, not the person. It had nothing to do. Hannah didn't go and say, Lord, this thing has been going on year after yeah. Are you still real? Are you there? Are you a fallacy? Is the God of Israel? And to make matters worse, even the people in the church, the Christians, had something to say about her state of mind, her situation. So today I'm calling us But if we do the things God is telling us in Isaiah 58, we stop quarreling, we stop fighting, we stop mistreating our employees, we lose chains, we untie cords, we set the oppressed free, we share food with the hungry, provide for the poor, a wanderer with shelter, we clothe the naked, we don't turn away from our own flesh and blood, we do away with the yoke of oppression, we spend... Ourselves on behalf of the hungry. We don't break the Sabbath. We don't do as we please. We don't go our way. We don't speak idle words. As Isaiah 58, verse 8 says, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rare God. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and you will say, here am I. You will do away with the yoke of oppression and with pointing fingers and malicious talk. Then what will happen? If we do these things, the Bible says, then. If the moment you do it, God's response is guaranteed. But he is waiting for you. Do away with pointing fingers. This is the reason why I'm in this situation is because of so and so. Do away with that. Do away with malicious talk. Do away with those things. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Hallelujah. Your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of God will be your rare. God, when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry for help, God will say, here am I. Verse 11, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Listen. The land is dry and (laughs) sun-scorched. But God (laughs) will satisfy your needs where you are. He doesn't need to draw you from where you are to change your state of affairs. God changes your affairs from where you are. Hallelujah. 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 You he, he, he will strengthen your frame. You'll be a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ruins. Verse 14: Then you will find your joy in the Lord. Hallelujah! For the joy of the Lord is my strength, and I will cause it to ride in triumph. on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So how am I going to change my circumstances? How am I going to change my circumstances? How am I going to change my circumstances? By starting by changing my behavior. God expects you to fast every single day of your life. And the first thing he desires is behavior change. So when you pray, you pray about situations, not people. You stop pointing fingers, you stop being malicious, you stop any of these things. And God says, then. God says, then. Then I will do these things. When the Bible says, test and see that the Lord is good, test and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and majesty because you're faithful. We thank you for the time we've spent in your presence and for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training us may our fasting be the fasting that you've chosen. One where we will administer true justice, show mercy and compassion, not plan evil against one another. One where we will not mistreat our workers. One where we will not end up in strife, in fighting. That fast when you say, then will I. Lord, even as we fast food, fast other things, we will remember that the most, the fast that you so desire is behavior change. One where we deny ourselves, pick up our crosses every day and follow you. I pray that Lord, our fasting will change, that it will be focused on you And not us. Because when Hannah didn't eat and came to your presence. She didn't pray for her. She prayed for you and said. If you give me a son I'll give him back to you. And there Samuel was born. And no wonder you pursued him even at an early age. To hear the amazing words speak Lord. Your servant is listening. Father, change our circumstances as we change our behavior. Change our marriages as we change our behavior. Change our work situations as we change the way we work. Enlighten our businesses as we change the way we treat those that work for us. Because you have promised, then will our light break forth like a dawn then shall you be our rare God. Then, then, then. And Father, we repent for the times we have thought we have fasted and not fasted in the manner and the mode that you have desired us to fast. Forgive us for when we have prayed, not under the manner in which you have desired us to pray. Forgive us when fasting and prayer has been a show of and a performance by us. Forgive us when the attitudes of our hearts have been wrong before you. Lord, open our eyes to see ourselves for who we truly are and deserving of your grace. That as we pray, we'll not be like the thief who said, if you are God, get me off this cross. But we shall be like the thief who said, this is a just man who has done no wrong. Lord, remember me today in your kingdom. Forgive us for the times we have behaved like that thief. And that is oftentimes the the, the way we present our prayers. We simply come to you to tell you, get me out of this if you are God, rather than seeing who we truly are and asking you to remember us. Like Hannah asked, if only you'd remember me And give me a son. That our prayers will be asking you to remember us. Our prayers will be focused on you. Not us. And Lord, no matter how the situation has been evolving year after year. How I pray that someone has been encouraged. To come again before you. And like the widow to pray continually and not give up. Because when we come to your presence, your peace that surpasses human understanding guards our hearts and minds in the knowledge of Christ. May we never leave your presence without that peace. And since that peace is the peace you give, may we understand that prayer and fasting then is not an event but a lifestyle. How I pray that you reach out in mercy and touch each one of us afresh, showing us where we've been getting it wrong and giving us the humility to change. That it shall no longer be us that live, but Christ that lives within us. That as they leave here and leave your presence to go back to their desks or whatever they have to do, I pray. That, Lord, their countenance will change. That you give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of sadness, a spirit of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You say that in your presence, Father, there is fullness of joy and that your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. And we live with the fullness of joy in Jesus' name.